Welcome to RTG Random Topic Generator, where two men her, where where two men <laughs> enter, hope to make sense out of a conversation in under twenty minutes. We are your casters, Rob and Seth. How you doing, bro? Good man, good. Ready to go? Yeah, and as always, well, not always. As recently, this episode has been sponsored by Velvet or Violet or Light Pink or Light Purple mm. Pyrex Jar. Let's see what that's the, like a deep purple. That's a good purple. That's a that's a confident purple. I want to say it's a confident purple. I've never heard the same with confident purple, but let's see mm. what we got shaking tonight. Ah, smells fresh. That's the Pyrex. Mm. Let's see what we got here, world, because you can read this in backwards. Mm-hmm. Oh, I knew it. Yep. The Armenia War. Wow. Mm, yeah. This, this is very... Um, today's date is October 24th, by the way, 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty relevant to what's going on. I, I When I wrote that, um, that topic, mm-hmm. uh, I was kind of hoping it would come up, you know, uh, a little later. So then we would have, like, everything, all the information we needed. <laughs> Um, but it's like kind of like coming up during this war. So, and also I was hoping to get more information than to give because mm-hmm. I don't have too much at all. Um, and I also am not like, I- I'm aware of it and everything like that, but um, not as much as it should be or mm-hmm. whatever. So it's it's one of those things that's like, hey man, I'm, I'm kind of curious about it too. So I-, I would like to take the lead because I Please come do. from a history major background studied at UCLA, my bachelor's in history, my minor is actually in Armenian studies. So, this is so relevant. Hell yeah. Go on. So just to paint the background, historically, when we talk about present day Turkey, um, we go back thousands of years ago. We, we go back to the Roman Empire, Byzantine, Persian, Persia being a gigantic uh, empire as well. Indigenously in the Caucasus, where the term Caucasian comes from, <clears throat> Armenians have been there. I don't know if the word we want to use, like homogeneously, or like in, in, <clears throat> it's in the equivalence of like how Native Americans or like first settlers, you go, they've always lived in this region. Now, what's going on in this disputed, it's not, it's disputed internationally because of what Joseph Stalin did. Um, after World War I. So the Ottoman Empire was crumbling and during World War I, it was part of the, I don't want to say the, the Germany and Ottoman Empire were on the same side. Obviously, mm-hmm. as we know, the Germans lost and the Ottoman Empire crumbled and lost as well too. Soviet mm-hmm. Union being in the background came in kind of gobbled up the regions of the Caucasus, which is like Azerbaijan, Georgia and Armenia. This mm-hmm. portion of land, historically, if you go back thousands of years to read about Persian or Greek emperors and leaders, was called Artsakh. Internationally, it's kind of known as Nagorno Karabakh, Karabakh because it's an Azeri word, which means 
dark forest or deep forest, mountainous forest. Mm. So when the Soviet Union was collapsing, the people in that region were basically being attacked, who were Armenian, predominantly Armenian, were being attacked by Azerbaijanis who were, you know, part of that area too. They're, it's part of their state in the Soviet Union. So mm. they sought out independence to join Armenia. Mm. But because that was not taken well by the International Committee or the world, and a lot of things were happening during the Soviet Union. The, the world was just happy the Soviet Union was collapsing. But mm. what was unfortunate for the Armenians is they were part of the Soviet Union and nobody really wanted to kind of aid any Soviet country. So the Armenians in that region basically fought a bloody trench war to kind of gain independence. It's almost equivalent to, it is the equivalence of to what Israel did in like the six days war, except that war lasted for 40 years. Um, Both sides were displaced because there was Azerbaijanis living there Mm -hmm. Um, in that area as well as the majority 80 percent armenians on the other side what year is this this is is like after 91 this is well this is all between 1988 91 that entire got it so between 1991 1994 it was just a bloody war and both sides didn't have like great resources they're dealing with old soviet weapons transformer Mm -hmm. um like what Armenia really had was really good generals, really mm-hmm. good intellectual tacticians. Azerbaijan mm-hmm. really had is like a lot of, you know, weapons and military grade stuff. But mm-hmm. when you're fighting in a mountainous war, it's really about the tactics you have, the strategy you have. And as history has kind of shown us right now, like uh, whether it was the Soviet Union trying to attack Afghanistan or the United States trying to go into Afghanistan, it's very hard to defeat uh, a mountainous adversary, an opponent, uh, someone that has the high ground to vo- to reference um, Star mm-hmm. Wars. You don't attack yeah. the high ground. Yeah. yeah so during this pandemic, like things have flared up in three countries mainly. Like you have Azerbaijan, Turkey, and Armenia. One, the pandemic with COVID, joblessness, impacts on the economy. Um, have impacted all of them. Azerbaijan, who really has made its money because of the oil that it has, it has one of the greatest oil deposits, has spent um, billions of dollars developing its military. Unfortunately, with the decline of oil, oil prices, it has truly impacted its economy. So they're in a very much a recession. Their, their, Their currency is extremely devalued. Same thing has happened to Turkey, where Turkey is economy is hurting drastically because of the mm-hmm. pandemic, um, a lot of wars. Turkey has intervened in almost four wars strategically in the area, whether it's Libya, um, Syria. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, it has tensions with Greece. Um, they've invaded Cyprus in the past. I mean, Turkey has kind of been like this bully in that area, trying to just use its yeah. strategic location. So... Again, because all leaders, whether it's Hitler, whoever it may be, they want to divert the problems and make it seem like an opponent. 
you know, like this is the reason why things are going back to the Armenians, like this tiny population of 3 million people in the Caucasus and Artsakh, who's also internationally known as Nagorno-Karabakh, has 150,000 population. So they're saying in some degree, this 150,000 people are the problem, you know, of this region. Now, mm-hmm. God, to its, God willing and to its defense, the Armenian community defended something that's the equivalent of the size of Delaware, like a state mm-hmm. in the United States. So you get a reference. That yeah. area was kind of liberated, including several territories that they've strategically taken during that 1991 to 1994 war, which there has been a ceasefire since. So mm-hmm. several times there's been ceasefires. Um, I mean, every year there's like little, you snipe one of our guy, we snipe two of your guys, but nothing has flared up to an all out war. Mm. So right now they're just using the mass of the pandemic and people not paying attention. Um, we have presidential elections, the EU is a mess um, mm-hmm. to use this opportunity for war. Even with all of its military money that's spent, drones that are dropping bombs on people, shelling an entire city and destroying it, Azerbaijan, with the help of Turkey, has not really made a strategic advance. Like they were having military exercises during the pandemic, assuming that this would be a quick fought out war that they would win like in three days. Mm. Miraculously, the Armenian population of Artsakh has withstanded itself and it's over three weeks now now there are people on both sides that have lost a lot um armenia reports its death it's very open to what it's going on whereas in Mm -hmm. azerbaijan and turkey are under dictatorships um health i mean like news agencies um journals everywhere like azerbaijan and turkey jailed their reporters it's media control it's too blocks the internet yeah, they blocked yeah. the internet, two dictators. I mean, the, the president of Azerbaijan is the son of the former president of Azerbaijan that was the president for like 20 years, and he's been the president for 20 mm-hmm. years. So it's been a dictatorship. Whereas in Armenia had somewhat of a rose revolution in 2018, removing their mm-hmm. Soviet version president to more of uh, a socialist or pe- uh, people of the choice, sort of like a little Bernie Sanders, you know? The yeah. president of Armenia currently is... Um, uh, a journalist, but also mm-hmm. Artsakh, which is known internationally as Nagor Korbah, has its own president. Nagor, I mean Artsakh or Nagor Korbah wants to be recognized as its own country. So mm-hmm. during this entire time, you know, Turkey, who has plenty of weapons, being a NATO ally, has been shipping over stuff. Um, Azerbaijan, who's purchased high military grades from Israel and using drones to just drop bombs on soldiers. Um, mm-hmm. It's not the trench warfare that it was over 20 years, 20 or 30 years ago. It's really become a very sophisticated in terms of one side having drones and the other one sort of fighting um, trench warfare and doing strategic moves. Um, mm-hmm. both, Azerbaijan has yet to inform the world of like how many people it has died, but it, it, I don't think this is gonna get better anytime soon. Um, the Minsk group, which is made of like Russia, France, and the United States are trying to broker a ceasefire. But mm-hmm. ultimately, in just my opinion, one side has to win. Ceasefire is not going to resolve because if you're indigenous, you've lived there your whole life, you fought for liberation, whatnot. 
You're not going to say like, oh, okay, bunch of superpowers came in and said like, oh, you got to get out of this country. Like, no, because what people don't realize is the only reason that that area of Artsakh exists is because they have the high ground. If mm-hmm. Azerbaijan wins that war, they would have the high ground on Armenia. So if they ever wanted to attack Armenia, they would just shell bombs. They would just shh, bomb, 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 bomb. So that mm-hmm. has become like a buffer zone for Armenia. Uh, on the Azerbaijan side, because on Armenia's land, they have a pact with Russia, which pretty much protects the borders, which was Mm -hmm. the original Soviet wall between Turkey, I mean, the US and NATO and the Soviet Union. So in Armenia and the Armenian population is kind of landlocked. It has nobody and all of its neighbors are crazy. You got Georgia, you got Azerbaijan, Iran, and Turkey mm-hmm. all around and Syria and all that entire region has all these conflicts. So mm-hmm. a lot of people are not paying attention. And at the same time, Armenian communities throughout the world are coming out and protesting saying, acknowledge us what's going on. Because if this happens, basically the leaders have Turkey and Azerbaijan have said like, Hey, we're going to do what we did to your grandfathers, which was the genocide over a hundred years ago. Jesus. And that's not, that's like, you know, like Germans saying like, hey, you know, Jews in our community, if you keep like talking up, we're going to do what we did in like the 1940s, which was during the Holocaust. So yeah. you have two dictators basically stating like, hey, we're going to commit genocide on indigenous people who've lived there their whole life, who are trying to um, fight to claim their own independence and be recognized as their own country, not be part of Armenia, but its own nation. Mm-hmm. And they're going up against everything. I mean, pretty much they have ISIS soldiers over there. Even today, reports of 1,200 uh, special, uh, what's it called, elite Turkish soldiers going in to fight for Azerbaijan because they're not winning, which is, Jesus. Which is either a testament to see how good or how well prepared the Armenian forces of Artsakh are and how Mm -hmm. poorly executed Azerbaijan is. It's sort of like saying like, hey, you can have all the best weapons in the world, but if you don't have the military uh, tacticians, like you're going to lose this war no matter what. And this will drag on. And my biggest concern is if ever Iran or Russia or Turkey get involved in together, I feel like it will be the catalyst to World War III. That's what I think a lot of people don't realize how serious this matter is because whether we like them or not or i don't like them or not turkey is a nato ally and mm-hmm. the united states obviously we know that the united states doesn't like iran because iran wants the destruction of israel and the united mm-hmm. states heavily supports israel and mm-hmm. russia too which is, has always been somewhat an adversary of the united states is another superpower i mean mm-hmm. it's just the makings of like it just takes one catalyst to just like spark either Russia or Turkey attacking something in Russia or something vice versa or soldiers being killed because they all want to fight. You know, they all want a reason to ignore other social economic problems they all have in their countries. They need something to pay attention to. So that's been my like 15 minutes. (laughs) Go Rob. I mean, I think... I feel like you basically taught me because I know very little to nothing. Um, and I've actually learned a decent amount just by you summing it up. Um, I, man, I hope, 
I just hope that, I mean, I want to ask a very naive question, but I feel like you already answered it, which is like, who is winning? And no, is there a winner? Well, yeah. well, first off, nobody, I mean, the winner would be the Republic of Artsakh if it defends itself and gets recognition and it wants to be its own country. Hmm. The loser, I would just really say, is the innocent people in all areas, which a lot of the people that are dying are very young males on both sides. Azerbaijan has not disclosed how many people have died, but it's very hard to fight someone that's on a mountain mm -hmm. and you're just trying to rush up with soldiers and drones dropping bombs because you can drop bombs yeah. and people will run away from that location and soldiers are coming up uphill and you just shoot down on the people. Now, yeah. the, the losers, and in some ways we have to also go into the ideology too. These countries, whether it's Turkey and Azerbaijan, specifically Azerbaijan, they brainwash, I can't say brainwash, it's just state-fed media information. It doesn't matter if you're in any country and the media controls anything like North Korea or China, you are going to believe what your government... Propaganda. Whatever yeah. propaganda they're stating. And it's mm -hmm. really unfortunate because you're, you're creating racism. You are creating hate that's going to long yeah. for like generations. And I always thought to myself as, you know, I live here in LA. I'm very fortunate, very blessed. My parents have left these regions, left these types of conflicts, so I don't have to, but, but at the same time, my heart does not sleep easy since uh, September 27th, when the fighting had stopped. And please note that there has been two ceasefires that mm -hmm. have been like agreed Completely upon. Completely disregarded. Disregarded, right? which yeah. I'm going to say Azerbaijan did because they feel like historically, Turkey or Azerbaijan doesn't have um, the reputation of saying like, oh yeah, we're going to follow the rules. I mean, Turkey is yeah. not, and Turkey is puppeteering Azerbaijan. So yeah. we've essentially created generations of people that are going to hate each other again, you know, mm -hmm. and the people that used to live in these regions have all kind of gone to new regions. But it's, for me, it's very interesting to say like Nagorno-Karabakh, Artsakh, which I've been, is a mountainous region. It's not mm -hmm. like, you know, it's not like Aspen or Big Bear where it's like popping. You know, it's a very yeah. rural, mountainous area. I don't think if you're an Azerbaijani a young kid in his 20s, they want to live there. They want to live in Baku. They want to go where it's popping, somewhere where it's more exciting. Not to say that Azerbaijan is popping. But one thing I would also really like to highlight on this conversation is there's been a lot of social media support being outpoured for the Armenians in Artsakh who are defending himself and the social media celebrities that even have kind of posted fundraisers or support from Armenia have been attacked mm -hmm. by almost a hundred million people uh, through social media from Turkey and Azerbaijan, whether it's Cardi B posting something about this, like a fundraiser for Armenians to get military aid, not military, um, um, aid to like hospital mm -hmm. equipment or whatever. She got attacked and she literally had to like say like, hey, I just want yeah, peace for both people. Um, even uh, Michael B. Jordan said like peace for Armenians and then he got attacked. Anybody that be, even Elton John put up something for one second and he immediately removed it. Um, what's really unfortunate is the innocent people dying on both sides, people brainwashing their citizens and the right, I think it's a de determination of people that they just want to seek their own country and be recognized. 
I mean, Armenia or Armenians in Artsakh don't really have any natural resource over there. It's a mountain. So it's not like, hey, you're going to come fight over here and get oil or gold or uranium. There is nothing to be offered like to any world power except bragging rights and to show strategic influence. So I felt like I've talked for almost 20 minutes and I don't, it's been more of like a tiny lecture. So it's been a very different RTG. But no, it, it's a, it's a needed one for sure. Um, just like me. And I imagine all seven of our listeners and hopefully a lot more to be honest in this specific serious case, uh, you want to get informed and you want to know what's going on, you know, as a person that also was, uh, I was born in Armenia. Um, my dad was born in Karabakh, and so like I came here when I was like a year or two old, like two years old. So I don't really like know anything. I went back to Armenia a couple of years ago and all that stuff. I don't, I don't really know the history too well. So as a person that basically is somewhat ignorant, I'd love to gain information and knowledge on the heritage and everything like that, especially something that's so important as a war with basically non indirectly a war with the population that that caused a genocide you know um so that's a very like disturbing notion that in the 21st century we can have something come up again and honestly like for people that don't understand that it's pretty much a perfect analogy unfortunately to say imagine if yeah a a germany went ahead and like said something like that to a jewish population you know, and said, like, we're going to do, we're basically going to genocide you again. Uh, how disturbing would that be as a notion? And, you know, what would flash in your, in your eyes when you think of that, like Shinda's list and all that stuff and all those bodies and everything disturbing, same concept here. So it's as disturbing. And that is a bone chilling thing to and, think of. And the hard part is Armenia, doesn't, the Armenian population doesn't have money. So for years, Baku with the time when oil was good, has paid for giant lobbyist firms to, you know, get the backing of congressmen, senators in various states from Ohio to, I think, Arkansas, like random people that have no idea what's going on in the caucuses, but because they pay and they don't have Turkish or Azeri populations in these regions. So they basically have money laundered and funneled things for various newspapers from the Huffington Post, the Guardian to, to, put off puff, puff pieces that like, oh, Azerbaijan is a great country where they've arrested hundreds, if not thousands of journalists, not only in Azerbaijan, but in Turkey. But I would press anybody that's listening to this, do your own independent research. Don't take yeah. our words for it. Just go in the EU or history or just reference, like go look up Armenian history and see who has been the aggressor and see who is the who has been the person that's been doing the killing is the easiest yeah. way I can say it. But that's been our RTG for tonight. Um, prayers go out to all sides, not only Armenians and Artsakh, but innocent people in Azerbaijan who have been forced by their government to fight a war, which they probably have no reason wanting it for a land that's not even in historically or indigenously theirs. Yeah. No, we know governments do not represent the people and the population, as we know, even in America. So, you know, no, no, uh, no need for aggression on the people, but, you know, be aware of the situation. 
Good night, everybody. Good night.